Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. Okay, what is your favorite scripture reading to hear in a marriage ceremony, in a wedding service? What's your favorite scripture to hear? Think back on the weddings you've been to recently. Maybe think of your own or one of your good friends. Think about that ceremony, think about that service, and what biblical text made the most sense for you to hear. Okay. Now, raise your hand if you came up with 1 Corinthians. That's the good one. Love is patient, love is kind. Yes, that was popping up for many people. How about 1 John? Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone have that one? Yeah? I've used Ecclesiastes a number of times uh, and when I've been officiating services. It's straightforward and clear. It says two are better than one. This is the three uh, strands of the cord that will not be broken. I see some heads nodding, yeah. Maybe you had some other ones in mind. My husband and I, he's an Old Testament scholar, so we used the book of Ruth, uh, Naomi and Ruth's story, where you go, I will go, where you rest, I will rest. We have some nodding heads on that one too. Okay, has anyone ever heard Matthew 5, verses 12 and 13 that we just read at a wedding? Well, apparently it can be done. I was talking to one of my friends the other day, just on a visit, we were chatting. She said, what are you preaching on this Sunday? I said, oh, salt and light. She said, oh, that's what we had in our wedding service. So I asked her to explain it a little bit to me. And of course, if I could use her as a sermon illustration. Um, And she and her husband are both ministers and their wedding scripture was, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. When I asked her about it, because it's not your traditional wedding ceremony uh, scripture passage, she said for them, it was about who they are as a couple. It was about their unique witness that they were blessing and growing into at the service. It was about their unique witness in Christ because they are fans of friendship and certainly very good at hospitality. So she said, it reminds us of those things. You see, you use salt in cooking and that makes your food tasty. And she said, we always want our witness as a couple to be as a home that is a place of warmth and light and good food for our friends. And I will say in my experience of this couple, that verse really guided them well. I remember the first time Lee ever invited me over, it was for her own birthday lunch, which was nice of her to make since she's a great cook. And she had a 
huge spread. She had a huge spread for the people who were in attendance, and she even had a huge spread for me. Some of you may know this, but I have celiac disease, so I have to eat gluten-free. And she had not only a gluten-free option, but she had four gluten-free tea sandwiches for me to choose from. And her husband had gone all the way across town to that place off the belt line where you can buy, you know, like $7 gluten-free biscuits to have one for me there. And I bring this up because this is not even what I do for myself when we're hosting. I'm fine with just having a salad and getting along, but it's a part of their witness and their hospitality and who they are that everyone feels welcome and is eating tasty food and enjoying the warmth when they get to their home. And whether it's hamburgers by the fire or a sit-down fine china Easter dinner, they have this unique witness. It's the flavoring that zested their marriage, the brightness they would bring to others was hospitality and warmth for their world. That was their salt and their light. Now, it's no surprise that this is coming up in Matthew's gospel at this moment. You know, Jesus, we remember, he has just started gathering his disciples around. We've heard about those who dropped their nets and left their boats, even left their father to go and follow Jesus. We've heard about the crowds of the sick and the caregivers who came to learn from him. So he's gathered these followers, these disciples and these crowds, and he's really impressed them with his healings and with his wisdom. So they've decided that he's worth hanging around for, and now they want to hear a little bit more about who they are going to be, right? They want some instructions, what they are to do, what they are to say, how they will be special for choosing to follow after Christ. So Jesus tells them they are salt and they are light. Jesus tells them that they will have a unique witness a unique witness based in him, a unique witness for the world. There's a Bible scholar whose name is Luke Timothy Johnson, and he is, or he was, a professor over at Candler School of Theology on Emory's campus. He's retired now, but he wrote the textbook on the New Testament, and it gives a wonderful background on the social, the historical, the contexts of that ancient Near Eastern world. And when he's talking about Matthew, one of the first things he says is that it's clear that Matthew's gospel was written for an audience that feels most like the church today. Now, let me unpack that a little bit. First, it's the only gospel that uses the word church, right? Did you know that? Ecclesia is the Greek word. It means called out and it refers to a special gathering or assembly of people. And the first time it's used is in Matthew, when Jesus says to Peter, you are a rock, and I will build my church on you, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. You all remember that, it's a strong word. So certainly, Matthew is writing for an audience 
that is a gathering of called out people, a gathering of the earliest church. And also, if you dig into the Sermon on the Mount, you can see that Jesus is really trying to drive his point home to the disciples that are listening to him. I mean, he's preaching to a group of people and he's making this about life application. Let me explain. In Matthew's gospel, we get, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. Guess what it says in Luke's gospel? Salt is good. In Luke's gospel, it says, blessed are the poor. But in Matthew, he stares around at the crowd, and Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Jesus is a preacher who really knows how to drive the message home. This is for you, you who are the church. Hear this word. And what's more, and I think that you all really like this, being the Southern Presbyterians that we are, the translation, the English translation of Jesus' words doesn't get at the fact that he's really using the plural second-person pronoun, right? So what we hear in the NRSV is, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. But guess what Jesus really said? Y'all. <laughs> well, maybe not y'all, but <laughs> in Aramaic. Um, y'all are the salt of the earth. Y'all are the light of the world. Jesus is preaching to the church, the earliest form. And Jesus is preaching in Matthew to us today. And there are many things that we have in common with that earliest church. Importantly, Matthew's audience, that earliest gathering of the called out believers, was a worshiping community in a pluralistic world. Like most places today, like most churches today, they were surrounded by other groups, by other people, by other faiths, and they needed to know why they did what they did, right? Why they did it this way and why that mattered. Why that mattered to others, their unique witness, their salt and light, but also, and importantly, they needed to know why it mattered for themselves. Interestingly, archeologists have found an early church. It's in the Mesopotamian border city of Dura Europas, and it was destroyed around 256. So it's an early congregation, and they found the remains and they discovered that this Christian house church was side by side with the synagogue, side by side. So there's no doubt that they knew about each other. And there's no doubt that this early Christian community was not only aware of that older and better established Jewish tradition right beside them, but there's no doubt that that made them required them to be able to explain and understand why
why they were different, why they would follow Christ. They needed to explain and understand, to talk to their neighbors beside them, but they also, and not least of all, needed to understand for themselves why they came to worship here and not in the synagogue down the street. Modernize that phrase, and the equivalent is why you come to worship here and not eat brunch at a lawn's. <laughs> Who are we? The earliest disciples are gathered around Jesus as he begins his Sermon on the Mount. Who are we? They say. Matthew's church is new among many other religious traditions. And they say, who are we, Jesus? Remind us, please. And Jesus says, without delay, y'all are the salt of the earth. Y'all are the light of this world. It's a good reminder for us, church. It's annual meeting day. Nobody said, woohoo, I thought I might get that. <laughs> but this day comes every year in Presbyterian churches, and we look at who we are, right? But we look at who we are as a church with statistics, right? and numbers and committee reports and names of ordained officers and all the volunteers. It sounds so Presbyterian, bless our hearts. <laughs> we are decent and in order. But before we get to the quorum and the questions, let me paint a little picture here about salt of the earth and light for the world. A picture about a small church in a big city. Now, I have not been at Covenant very long. Are we at, I think we're at the two-month mark. But I'm beginning to see what's so special about you. Beginning to see what is the unique witness you bring on this street. The unique witness in Christ that you bring in Atlanta. The unique witness in Christ that you offer for the world. You are a small church and a care-centered congregation. That means that when somebody walks in the door, you greet them, you welcome them. If there's a lunch, you invite them to the lunch. They have a space here. You are a care-centered congregation who feeds your widowers for months, and you hold up the hard done by in prayer. You try hard to re-know names. You invite each other to lunch. You show up to worship on Christmas and New Year's Day. I'll never forget that. I thought we might have two people, and the fellowship hall was full. It was New Year's Day. But you all wanted to see each other. You care about each other, and you wanted to be together, even on the holiday. You are offering, on a street full of the big box programmatic churches, you are offering a soft place to land, a place 
where your name is known. You are advocates, not for advocacy's sake, but because you want justice for the people that you know and that you love and that you care for. And you know and you love each other well. And you are a nimble church too. Agile, flexible, creative. This is exciting. <laughs> You'll see in the budget soon that things are going to look a little bit differently this year. You might be surprised that we have a surplus, right? Who budgets a surplus? But we do that because there's uh, going to be a sizable shortfall in the following year. And your leaders took good care of you by saying, let's get ready for that. And Keen said that we did it relatively painlessly. I said, Keen, you aren't on all the emails I was on. <laughs> but it's true, we did. And that's something. That's really something. Finding that amount of money in a church could really, really bring it to its knees. But it didn't have that power here. Not at all. And the committees and the ordained leaders, they assessed their ministries in light of the new fiscal situation, and they loosened their grips. And we got new numbers in those light items, and we're able to lead in a new way. And I think you come by it honestly, this agility and this nimbleness. <clears throat> the history of covenant shows that you were once a Cumberland Presbyterian congregation and then a Northern Presbyterian denomination. And then not that long ago, <clears throat> you all remember this more than I do, there was a large chunk of members from a church that was dissolving who moved here to this congregation and fit right in. Can I tell you all that the Presbytery does not allow people to do that anymore? <laughs> they don't. They say, oh, it doesn't work. If one congregation closes and moves into a you know, smaller, similar-sized congregation, that that existing congregation, just it's too hard for the others to assimilate. They just don't do a good job at welcoming. So we don't allow that to happen in the Presbytery anymore. And I say, well, that's not the case here. One of the things that we know about the future and the religious landscape is that it's going to look differently than it has before, right? But we are well prepared to meet what is coming our way with the salt and the light that we are for the world. A care-centered congregation, a nimble congregation, but y'all know this already. I'm preaching to the choir here. Y'all know your salt and light. You've been around each other longer than I have. I was talking on the phone the other day with a member who has moved away and kind of can't let go. <laughs> and I said, well, tell me, what, what made you come here and what makes you want to stay? And he said, well, it's family. And as a newer visitor who's got fresh eyes on the church, interested in joining what she had to say is, what a precious congregation. You know each other. 
You know how you care. You know how you are open. And you are, excuse me, y'all are, y'all are salt and y'all are light for this world. And we pray that God will bless us to be it. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.